Selection Sunday was yesterday, and believe it or not, Ole Miss fans, next year might be the first year in a long, long time that Ole Miss could be relevant on that Selection Sunday. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You know, this turnaround could happen a lot quicker than people think. This year was a disaster. We are not saying that it's not. And there are players going into the transfer portal right and left. There, I think Jamin Brakefield's in the portal. Mari Abrams in the portal. Um, also, um, James White is in the portal, which is all to be expected. Nobody needs to freak out about that, and nobody needs to be freaking out about the timing of this. Now, this absolutely could go wrong. I'm not saying it can't, but just because this is being delayed doesn't necessarily mean that something is going wrong. You're making a lot of assumptions, and people are trying to fill the void of information with rumors. That always happens but that is what is going on right now. But we are going to operate under the assumption that Chris Beard is going to be the next head basketball coach at Ole Miss, period. And if you look at all the places that Chris Beard has been, including Little Rock, including Texas Tech, it turns into a big-time situation, 30 wins at Little Rock and an NCAA tournament win. He immediately went to Texas Tech and took a downtrodden program and won 18. And then all of a sudden they were in the Elite Eight and the National Runner-Up where they also won 30 games with a 31-7 and record. First year at Texas, 22 wins. So in the three recent stops in his first year, he's gone 30, 18, and 22. That's 70 wins over three years. And if you want to do the math there, that's about 23, 24 a year. So whenever you assume that this is going to turn around quickly, you're not going to be crazy. Now, lots of people have opinions on everything that's going on with Chris Beard and how it's going to go at Ole Miss. Everybody knows that we were a little bit downtrodden this year. We lost 21 games. We were 3-15 and 15 in the SEC in the regular season, ended up 4-16. and 16. Everybody knows those stories. But Little Rock was a downtrodden program before Chris Beard got there, period. Texas Tech was a downtrodden program before Chris Beard got there, period. Texas was okay, but not great. They were reaching levels that were not quite good enough for them. They were going to force Shaka Smart out, and he got out the door, beat the posse, got to Marquette, and now they're the Big East Conference champions. But he has won everywhere he's been early. So how do you, how do you view next year going for Ole Miss? What are the expectations for Ole Miss? And honestly... When you have a basketball coach that is potentially top five nationally, potentially the best in the Southeastern Conference, day one, you have expectations that are higher than you would think. I think Ole Miss in year one will be what Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt was this year. 
a team that's going to struggle early on, probably going to top at an 18 to 20 wins. At the end of the season, they're going to be absolute hell and be in the conversation for the NCAA basketball tournament. That is the expectations for Ole Miss next year. I expect the Pavilion to sell out eight or nine times next year. I expect excitement in and around that program. I expect them to market the heck out of it to students and people around the campus to get them out to the game. In other words, I expect basketball to be taken seriously at Ole Miss for the first time in its history. They kind of did during Andy Kennedy. They kind of did during Rod Barnes. They kind of did during Rob Evans. I expect them to take it seriously this year. Now, we talked to Tim Thomas. He played for a Bobby Knight disciple in Bob Weltlick at Ole Miss. Actually, got on the floor, probably has some insight, even though, you know, a couple of decades have passed since that has gone on. But he gets an insight of where the mindset is for Bobby Knight, defensive coaching, and how the, the players are going to be coached going to be coached, and he's talked about hard-nosed defense, and everybody talks about how Chris Beard's a really good defensive coach. It's just very important to him, and offensively, there's a lot of motion principles going in, which we are obviously in favor of, and you have a Texas team that is at least a dark horse contender for the national championship. This is all stuff that Chris Beard has built. I mean, period. There's just no way around that. So basketball-wise, Ole Miss should be very excited because the turnaround is going to be quick. Don't expect next year to be just about hope. Which most coaches, when they come in, hope is what they sell year one because they need it to put their program together. Expect success year one. Not overwhelming success, but success because the most they can maximize it. If they can maximize 2024 and 2023 at a high degree, it's going to make it easy for the following season. And and then you can build up and be on real footing. So if you look, I'm going to bring this up one more time. If you look what Chris Beard did in year one at Little Rock, he won 30. At year two at Texas Tech, he won 27. Year three, he won 31. Year one, he won 22, and he was on he was on path at Texas to win 26 or 27 ball games this year. Honestly, it, it, it's going to be a really good situation for him, and I'm really excited about what he can do at Ole Miss. And I I'm excited that basketball is going to be taken seriously. If you think about it, Ole Miss potentially has the top three, like if you count all of the big three coaches, the best in the SEC. For the first time in their history. This is absolutely different territory. But other coaches, you know, you have a a potential basketball coach that has been to an NCAA final at Texas Tech. So don't say it's at some major blue blood that the coach is on his downswing. Don't even do that. You got a football coach that's been to the Sugar Bowl. And you got a baseball coach that has won a national championship. I don't know of many places around the SEC that can say similar things to that. Absolutely phenomenal. In my opinion, the best big three of coaches in the Southeastern Conference. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about Jeremy Scott, who committed to Ole Miss from Callaway. He's a lower-ranked kid that I've got 
I can tell you why that happens, but I'm also going to tell you why you should be excited about this kit. And we are going to talk about subtext, our new community that we're starting to kind of bring it closer together. You basically can text me direct, um, and we can have fun both around sports and watching Ole Miss sports as well. It, it, this is going to be really fun, but it's going to allow you to get your day back. You're not going to sit around a message board and waste the whole day. You can wait for the notification. There it is. Oh, Chris Beard signed. You know, Chris Beard's the next head coach. Okay, we know about that, and it's not going to interrupt your day very much. So that is very cool to me, honestly. So before we move on, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. And now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. Now, you know that I'll be voting for the double chocolate Built Bar. It, that goes without saying. But if you have a bar you want to support, you just go there, support it. Select your puff or a bar, and we can figure out which one is voting for the better one. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free bar a box built free box of built not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to where boxes will be delivered to them to where they can have their best built bars delivered monthly straight to their door you got to try built built's the best protein bar ever seriously they're so amazing they you won't think they're good for you and what makes them so good well for starters they're all high in protein low in sugar covered in 100 percent real chocolate that's right real chocolate so run to builtmarchmadness.com right now and vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there you can vote every day in march so hop in and support your pick all right grab your bracket and go listen to the locked on college basketball bracket breakdown with national analysts and insights from our local experts the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Now, I am a huge Jeremy Scott fan. I am not going to I'm not going to deny that. You can go back and look at our videos with with John Garcia about 2 weeks ago. He's on the thumbnail, Jeremy Scott. If you want to watch and figure out what we're saying about him, you can there. But he has committed to Ole Miss. Now, I've long suspected that he was going to be the first commitment to this recruiting class, but he was the second one, so that's close enough. But most of these players are inundated with the amount of video that they have on file. Jeremy Scott has one video against one team from 2021. So it's difficult for people to make evaluations of him unless they've seen him in person. And Callaway isn't a place that you go to unless you kind of go, go to to see somebody else. They've had players going through there. I'm not putting down the school, but unless there's a reason to go there, they're not going there. That's not a normal place that scouts go to. So him with the film from 2021, his height is 6'4", 180 pounds, 175 pounds, real beanpole. So he's going to settle in at that mid-three-star because he's a really athletic kid. He does have height. He does have the frame to put on a ton of weight. So there's a chance that he is going to really bow up 
as this process moves forward. Remember, at this point, Chris Jones was not ranked. By the time he, um, by the time December got here, he was being selected for the Under Armour All-American game, and by the time um, that was over, he was the second or third player in the country. Do not make rash decisions based off of rankings right now because, honestly, they don't know. Nobody knows. We still have a whole season to go. But what I can tell you is Lane Kiffin loves this kid. And why do I know that? Because when he was doing his barnstorming tour to going around meeting five or six prospects around the state to show to his fan base and to the kids that you are a priority to him, Jeremy Scott was one of those kids that got visited. Him and Noriel White, Braylon Burnside, those guys were all visited. So we started looking at him and his size, and we were thinking, and I was talking to John Garcia, and it was apparent to me that I think we're looking at this wrong. Yes, he could be an outside wide receiver. Absolutely. Could be an outside wide receiver. But my evaluation of this kid is of an Evan Ingram type flex tight end. So once he goes there and hits a training room, now you're probably going to have to redshirt him year one. But once you do that and you put on weight, and next thing is 220, 225, you put him at that flex tight end position with his frame where he becomes an instant mismatch for defensive backs and linebackers, and you kind of just turn him loose with all the athleticism that he possesses. He really is a fantastic athlete and somebody that everybody should look forward to potentially moving up the charts. Mississippi three weeks ago, had 10 players, nine players, eight players, somewhere in there, ranked four-star or better on one of these scouting services out there. Then combine season started. And now it's up to 16 or 17. It's some ludicrous number for the state of Mississippi to where this is becoming a generational-type class in Mississippi. So, as this gets early on and everybody does things earlier and earlier and earlier, understand that the scouting services, they have less and less people. In 2008, when I worked at Rivals and got hired there, there was probably 55 people in that office, in headquarters. By the time I left Rivals in 2014, there's probably 12, 13, just layoff after layoff after layoff happened. And then it got split up because 24-7 became a thing. And now on three has become a thing. And ESPN's become a thing. So if you take that rivals model, okay, to where 12, 13 people are in national and then you have the local sites around and you spread them around to other recruiting sites, you probably have 50 people for 1,200 football prospects nationally. And that is if everybody had a hand in evaluating a kid, which they don't. And the reality of it is there's probably three or four people at each stop on three, 24-7, rivals, that even have an active spot in evaluating all those kids. So you could have 10 people across all of the recruiting networks responsible for evaluating that kid. That's the reason I say it. scouts don't normally go through there. Now, somebody from a local site could show up and to see a game. And that's another way that works. If somebody goes that to a Jackson prep game and sees the quarterback that can spin the ball pretty well, 
all of a sudden he might make a phone call. It's like, hey, you need to come see this guy. I've seen that happen a couple times. But Mississippi is still a place where kids can fall through the cracks. And combine-wise, it's getting better. It's absolutely getting better. The coaching's getting better. Everything is getting better. But it's not quite there yet. Anyway, I want to introduce everybody to our subtext community that we are launching today. You can subscribe to that subtext community and be entitled to direct communication with me whenever you want to. If you have a question, you can just shoot me a question. Second of all, we're going to text out big events with Ole Miss football. So if you're tired of living on a message board all day, that can go away as well. And we're going to provide exclusive content for subscribers as this moves forward, like live streams, mailbags, um, you know, things like that, exclusive videos. We're going to unlist those and make them just for subscribers. It should be pretty cool. And this is a way that I think we can grow our community. This is a way that we can make our community tighter and less reliant on people on, from the outside because, you know, You've all seen it. You know, anytime something like this Chris Beard situation happens right now, when there's a little bit of delay, the good and the bad come out of the woodwork when it comes to fans. Trolls just pop over, hit that free um, trial, and just blow it up for three days just to make people unsure of what's going on. But now you can kind of stop that. You can, you can pay attention directly to these text messages, and they'll be t texted directly to your phone my contact will absolutely go there so you'll know exactly who it is, 662 area code, and you will be able to be just as informed and get a ton of your life back, and for about half the price. I think it's pretty cool. We're going to grow this together. We do have all the members that you have come to know and love from the Locked On Ole Miss family, all the contributors. They all are all online as well so they can be able to help us as well so should be really cool but i'm excited about this subtext community and i hope everybody joins as quickly as possible and we will we will grow that as well and especially with football starting up in three weeks and the chris beard situation starting next week potentially should be interesting the players going to the transfer portal a lot of stuff like that now the text messages we're not going to send before 9 a.m central and we're not going to send um, after 8 p.m. Central. So if you're planning on sleeping, I'm not going to wake you up. But should be pretty cool. We're going to figure out exactly how we can do it, and we'll figure out ways that it will be fun. But I think it's like $4.99 a month. So sign up for that today, and let's get that started um, right good, so to speak. Anyway, when we come back, we have... Well, let's see. What you talking about, Willis? That segment comes to about baseball, specifically Ole Miss baseball and Major League Baseball and how I am handling both. It's honestly a segment about me, um, but I think it's kind of an interesting seg segment, and I just wanted to share that with you. Today's show is brought to you, though, by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. 
Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, threes drain. Just absolutely fantastic. Now, we do realize in Mississippi you have to go into a brick-and-mortar casino and can't use FanDuel. I know that. I understand that. But if you are visiting Memphis, if you are visiting Nashville, if you are visiting New Orleans, this option is available to you. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Participate down below in the comments section. And, of course, upvote the video itself. So, in this week's What You Talking About Willis segment, we are talking about the role of baseball to the sports fan, and specifically the Ole Miss fan, and how I'm handling it this season. You can see the hat behind me. My Detroit Tigers hat is back there. And I'll tell you how I got there. Because I had a unique situation to where baseball lost me in 1994. Completely. I completely went cold turkey, went away, and it was gone for 30 years. But I had the opportunity to do something that not many people get to do. And that is a late in light sports fandom to where you can absolutely pick what you want and how you want to handle it and what you want to enjoy. And I'll tell you exactly how I got there. But what started this whole thing was, honestly, when I first started talking about Ole Miss back in 2020, I think it was. Man, it's been three years already. I started paying attention to Ole Miss baseball. And Ole Miss baseball that season, their season got cut short. They were knocking the cover off the ball. The season got canceled. That team had a chance to go really, really far, just period. But whenever you you were doing that, I was like, okay, that that's something to keep an eye on. And it was kind of fun, the energy that they played with. And I like some of the players and – you know, it kind of reminded you when you was a kid. Because I when I was a kid, baseball was my number one sport, period. It wasn't a football thing. It was, it was a baseball thing. And I watched Major League Baseball nearly every day. Just whenever you came home from school, WGN was on. You had tar- TBS broadcasting games. There was always a baseball game for you to watch. So thanks to ESPN Plus and everything's going on, you know, that kind of – forced me to do it again and sucked me back in watching these Ole Miss games and kind of getting reacquainted with baseball. You tried to watch a couple of Major League Baseball games, but it didn't quite hit the same. It it just didn't. It wasn't the baseball that I remembered from 1993. Sure, everybody hits home runs, but there could also be 200 strikeouts in a season, and that just wasn't my cup of tea. Then I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to spring training. And the game we chose to go to was the Detroit Tigers and the Baltimore Orioles. And I wanted to see what the new rules were and how they would be implemented and how that changed and all of this stuff going on, how quick and how fast-paced of a game it is. 
is there's so much time wasting that became almost a gamesmanship before them. Whenever Texas A&M Texas was playing four-hour baseball games, how do we prevent that? Because that was unwatchable. And I sat there and watched it, and it was fun. It was fast. The pitch clock is amazing. Two and a half hours, in and out, nine innings of baseball. Whenever there's just a sloppy, messed-up game in a similar way that the Detroit Dork Tigers and the Atlanta Braves were, it was like 310 when it was just a mess of a game. The pitch clock never needs to go away. I am a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of the bases. I'm a huge fan of the shift, the positioning, everything that is going on. The fact that the running game is returning to the major leagues. I'm excited about that. So it sucked me in. So I was like, okay, Stu, you're probably going to watch baseball this year. You're going to go all in. You know, do it. You're, you're at home every day. You know, enjoy it. Watch it. Have fun. But who is going to be your team? And the first thing I thought of, was should the team I select be a team that I followed before the strike lost me? And that's 30 years ago. I've cut cold turkey. There's no emotional ties left. So I decided a new team would be more fun. So the Cubs and the White Sox, they were out. Then I decided, you know, I don't want to glory hunt. I do not want to be that fan. Whenever all these people came on board the Saints bandwagon after they won the Super Bowl, that drove me absolutely crazy. So I did not want a glory hunt. So no Houston Astros, no Philadelphia Phillies, no L.A. Dodgers, no Houston Astros, no Atlanta Braves, New York, New York Yankees. Those teams, they're out. And then I thought, you know, the Pacific time and the mountain time zone, those they're out as well because – I'm on the East Coast. Watching a West Coast game is at best problematic. So they're out as well. And spring training had to be in Florida. So after it all goes down, you're like you had Toronto, you had Baltimore, you had Minnesota, you had Pittsburgh, you had Detroit. Those were the five teams that were, we'll say, finalists. Now, I irrationally do not like Toronto, the Toronto Blue Jays, and that goes back years that that is nothing new so they were out the Orioles and Nationals they were out because I lived in that area and they didn't really grab me then so they're gone Pittsburgh Pirates even though I respect how they got their name eh, I just can't be a Pirates fan and it came down honestly to the Minnesota Twins and the Detroit Tigers and most people will say, hey, does this team have a chance to be better than this team? But wins and losses didn't really affect me. So you watch the Detroit Tigers, and they have potentially the best uniforms in baseball, period. They haven't changed them in 100 years. They're fantastic, especially their home whites. They won 66 games last year, which I'm all about. I grew up watching the Saints in the 80s. I can handle this. I was an Ole Miss fan in the 80s. I can handle this. So... I started watching on the extra innings package all the spring training games of the Tigers, and I'm sitting here watching. I'm watching Locked On Tigers um, on YouTube and listening to it on podcasts to get in, get informed, and I'm going completely all in on this. And it's fun. It, it's genuinely fun to me. I'm, I'm having a I'm having an absolute blast following this because it's so new. I get to come into this fresh, and I remember just how much of a gift it would be 
if you got to follow a sport and come in completely fresh. And because I was separated for so long from Major League Baseball, it allowed me to really set these parameters and set it up in a way that I could be most happy. And it's not just a location thing where if I'm in Flint, Michigan, I'm a Tigers fan. Or if I'm in, you know, Auburn, Alabama, I'm a Braves fan. Or, you know, Kansas City, Missouri, I'm a Kansas City fan. It's not location-based necessarily. But it's just, <clears throat> it's just going to help. It's just going to be fantastic. And I'm really excited about this moving forward. Anyway, thanks for letting me get on my soapbox. And thanks again for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Join our subtext community. Um, we're going to try and grow that out over the coming year, at least before football season, to where it's a fine-tuned machine, to where our small group is hyper-informed of what's going on on Ole Miss football. So that should be really great. So we talked about Jeremy Scott and his commitment today, how quickly the turnaround will happen, and, of course, our What You Talking About Willis segment. So thank you very much. Tune in tomorrow for more from Locked On Ole Miss. See you later.